Hi, everyone. Greetings and welcome to Turning a Moment into a Movement. I am your host, Jay Love, and I represent the Justice for Gerard movement. Gerard is my son who was wrongfully accused of a crime that he didn't do. He was actually convicted and served two years in the Michigan Department of Corrections, being innocent, uh, had no knowledge of the crime, and um, he went to prison. And so um, we come here on Fridays to discuss wrongful convictions and injustice and um, misconduct and all those kind of things that leads to wrongful convictions. And But we also come here to inspire and educate our communities. Um, we want you to know that um, at any time, an innocent person can go to prison for a crime that they didn't do. Um, it doesn't, there's no, um, there's no aspect of a wrongful conviction that um, makes you uh, particular uh, to being uh, accused of a crime. You can just be at the wrong place at the wrong time, or somebody can just decide that, hey, it's you. So we come here to talk about these things. But also the, we come here um, this week to talk about um, what's been going on um, in our world because um, we're all connected. And what happens to one person happens to all of us. And so we want to have this community conversation about hate and versus mental illness and where hate pulls the trigger. Um, and we're going to get into that um, within uh, as we start the show. But before we start talking about today's subject, I want to introduce uh, our panel and let them um, introduce themselves and tell them tell you more about themselves. And then we're uh, hopefully by then our guests will be here and we can have the whole conversation about um, what's going on. So. Let's bring on our guests one at a time. I mean, our panel one at a time. Sorry, you guys. Hi, Reverend Tia. <laughs> Reverend Tia, you on mute. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> how, are you, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. But before, let me acknowledge, because I'm forgetting to do this every week. But those who are watching us on YouTube, hello. And those who are watching us live on Twitter and those who will watch us live on Spotify later. Hi, hello. And then all of those who are going to be listening, welcome to Turning a Moment into a Movement. I always forget to acknowledge <laughs> all the platforms that we on, but today I really want to make sure I acknowledge them because it's very important. You take your time out to listen to us. So we want to say hello. But go ahead, Reverend Oh, yeah, we got to connect. I'm so glad you did that. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm, I'm so glad to be here this evening. This is so important, Jay. This, is, this conversation is very important tonight. Mm -hmm. And as we continue to, I believe, have conversations that help us to help ourselves. Yeah. Um, to get our community not only back, but better to get it better than it's ever been before. I believe that we stand on the pinnacle of change for the purpose of community and for people. And I believe that things are happening so that we are going in that right direction. Um, so I have been a part of this movement. I'm so glad that 
yeah. I was able to to share in it and uh, not even knowing what I was getting myself into, <laughs> but glad to be a part of it because these are the conversations that we need to have. We need to make changes. I uh, just got finished meeting with uh, the Michigan United Universal Social Justice Network, and we're pulling together people all over Michigan. Uh, I am definitely one of the ministerial team members of Transforming Love Community. So I'm in the community. I am also a behavior interventionist in one of the Michigan schools. Uh, and so um, working on my doctorate in psychology uh, and have been in the mental health field since I was 17 years old. Wow. I would like to say I was 27 or 37, but we know that's not true. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> actually, no, I like I like being the age that I am. And those of you who know, then, OK, you know. Anyway, business, right? Um, and I really believe I am ageless, deathless, and birthless because right. of the spirit that is moving inside of me. And I believe that as we continue to come together, that we are being enlightened and that our spirits are bearing witness that we are children of God, heirs yes. of God. Yes. Joint heirs with Christ. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. I said PG because she left me, she left a message and she said, don't forget about your Facebook family. No, we, 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 <laughs> we see you PG. Right, we see you PG and we, we don't forget about, I, I always forget about the other people. So mm -hmm. I'm so glad that she um, is here today and yes. everyone else. So I'm going to break on. Hey. Hello. <laughs> and how are you guys this evening? We're Wonderful. Great. Introduce yourself. Okay, my name is um Edward Sanders. I go by the name and prefer Baraka. Um, I am a, a, a U of M grad, but I'm yeah. also um, a person that have recently returned from um, prison. Um, I'm a former jailhouse attorney. I like to take it to say that I'm not an attorney, but I played one in prison. Um, is a place where um, once you, it's like uh, the junkyard, once you're there, um, no attorneys are really concerned uh, um, in regards to your welfare, except the exceptions. And, and those sometimes include the person that might be bunking with you or living um, down the cell block. Um, and so um, I acted as a jailhouse attorney while in prison. And upon my release, uh, at some point, uh, I worked it briefly uh, with Washington County Prosecutor's Office and the Conviction and Integrity Unit. Uh, I appreciated that experience and opportunity, however short it was. Um, uh, um, but I am still um, advocating for those who are incarcerated, whether they are there um, by way of guilt or wrongful conviction. Um, they are still um, people. They are still members of our community they're members of our human race and i'm still concerned and thank you very much i'm glad to be here with you guys this evening please i'm, I'm so glad you're here Stay too soon. don't go away right. <laughs> yes i'm glad you're here too thank, thank you. you attorney hugo matt 
Well, hello, 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 hello. All, all, all of all of the wonderful, beautiful people that are for real people, you know. And uh, right. you know, Jay Love, I've told you that every superhero has to have a theme song right. from, the, from the movie. I'm gonna get you, sucker. And you know, <laughs> it's, you see, and so, so before this is over with, I am going to play, you know, my 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 theme my theme song for you. Um, okay. But but then but then all of my theme songs are are actually dedicated to uh, our leader Jay Love. So you know <laughs> it's 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 one of those things where you know I just want you to know this is how uh, you know we we feel about you Jay Love. This is how yeah. this is how we feel about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The train. So yeah, so so you know, J Love, I will I will cut it off right there, lest I spoil you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So 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 here we are. But Attorney Hugo J Mack, proud to be here uh, today with you. Uh, my life experience is an open book. I understand wrongful conviction. I understand disbarment. I understand coming back from hell through the power of God and Jesus Christ. So, you know, when I say Hugo J. Mack, sometimes people ask me, well, what's the J stand for? And I say, well, when it came back from prison, that J stands for Django. So what the thing of it is, is that we will continue to fight for what is just and for what is right. We're going to continue to be an irritant to the system that is steeped in systemic racism and cultural bias that is steep, steeped, you know, in qualified immunity. All these things are threats to us as people and particularly to us as black and indigenous peoples. But part of my quest is also to educate ourselves about what is wrong with ourselves. And there's a whole lot wrong with ourselves. It's called self-hate, you see. So um, my goal is twofold, to fight in the garden that God has put me in, in the courtroom, like I said, to be that irritant, to be that, that aggression, to be the one that will confront these police officers and these prosecutors and these judges, and to every platform I get on, every Black person or person of character listening, every election for judge, for sheriff, for prosecutor, you need to go to their meetings and start asking questions. And stop letting these people just walk in the office, you know, because a lot of these people, if you don't show up and ask questions about systemic racism, they'll never bring it up. They'll never bring it up. It'll, it'll, it, it will never come up. So, you know, part of my fight is also in behalf of not only the wrongfully convicted, but the overly convicted. They are right. also victims of the system, the overly convicted. Uh, I'm not naive, and I certainly know most of the people that are in the penitentiary have put themselves there. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. But there are people who were there overly, you know, forced into plea bargains, for example, when they never should have. You know, prosecutors stacking charges against them like pancakes at IHOP, okay? Mm -hmm. So, you know, pressuring people into that. But the wrongfully convicted, you know, and I've got to say this. I left 10 men in the penitentiary that I will put my very life on. Those men are actually innocent. They should mm -hmm. not be in the penitentiary. A lot of them have died, and my heart mm -hmm. grieves for them. But for the ones that are still alive, 
you know, in my venue, I'm still swinging for the fences, you know, mm -hmm. and the Lord called me home. I'm going to keep swinging for the fences. So mm -hmm. I, I guess the greatest epithet y'all could give for me or eulogy for me is, you know, the man died incarcerated, uh, found in contempt of court for speaking up on behalf of an innocent man. <laughs> so, so that's what uh, that's what y'all can do for me. I love you and I'm glad to be here. Yeah. I'm glad that you're here as well, Attorney Hugo Matt. Thank you. I saw our guest, but um, he was having some audio problems, so we'll keep going until he pops back in. But you know, um, so this weekend, this week, it's been a tough week, you guys. Last week we did a moment of silence for the people in Buffalo, and then this week we have a whole new scenario. Um yeah. It's so sad. I I don't know um, what to say, you guys. Mm -hmm. Well, there's mm -hmm. so much to say. I know I have a lot to say. There's so much to say. But our title this week, our topic is When Hate Pulls the Trigger and um, Hate Versus Mental Illness. Like, And I think I was talking to you a little bit about this last night, Revetia, and mm -hmm. also you today, Edward, about... I think we're so um, eager to make excuses about hate and mental illness that we um, that we don't um, understand that there is a big difference. Okay, here's our guest. Hold on, you guys. Mm -hmm. Hello, Sam. What? <laughs> what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> Can you hear us? I can't hear. You can't hear? No, I heard you say that. Now, what did you say? I said, welcome, Sam. I can barely hear you. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to talk about Columbine? Am I supposed to talk about, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> We're just saying hello right now. Hello. I heard that. Uh, I'm leaning over a plate of food at Sinbad's on the water here in Detroit. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I can't. Did you did you bring enough for I, everybody? I really don't intend to uh, disrespect you guys. I wanted to participate in this because you had said you were going to talk about the school violence, the killings, the difference between mental illness and hate. Yes, yes, all of that, Sam. And we were just should like, I should I go on even if I can't hear you and just give you something people may not know about the Columbine experience? Yes, you can Okay, talk I about see that the nods. Right see, I can see the nods. It's very little pictures. My phone is not the largest. But anyway, I'm here and joined at the table by Detroit Detroit City Councilwoman at large, Mary Waters, who represents Hello. more black voters than any other female elected to a municipal office in the state of Michigan. That's just a fact. Some can have titles yeah. like president, but they represent a district. Mary Waters represents the entire city of Detroit and Councilwoman Waters has worked with me over the years with the family of Isaiah Shows. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, she's the one that made the arrangements when Michael Shows and I, Reverend Shows, the father of Isaiah Shows, the only black student murdered by white supremacist young racist at Columbine. Mm -hmm. uh, it was Mary that made the arrangements when Michael Scholes and I flew down to Blacksburg, Virginia 
to meet with the president of uh, Virginia there. What is that? The, uh, which, which Virginia college is that? The one where 30-something students were killed. And we met with them, and we shared our Columbine experience. My, Isaiah shows was one of only a handful of black students, literally a handful of black students at Columbine. Um, I worked with that case and still am serving as family spokesman. It's 23 years now since the body of Isaiah lay in the Columbine library. Uh, I met one-on-one -on -one with Reverend Shows and Von, Isaiah's mother and President Clinton and the First Lady Hillary Clinton. And I mean one-on-one, -on -one, small table. I don't mean big bunch of people. And we discussed Columbine. Some of our comments, which went out over national networks, we had more media trucks at Columbine than, than were at the OJ trial. Mm -hmm. um, at the time uh, that it occurred, I mean, it was like the biggest killing and the one most imitated, copycatted school shooting in American history. Mm -hmm. But their hate pulled the trigger. There are comments that my client at the time, Colorado Secretary of State Vicki Buckley made before the National Rifle Association, which in 1999, like in 2022, mm -hmm. was holding its national convention in Denver, Colorado in the aftermath, mm -hmm. days after Columbine had gone down. Mm -hmm. And it was Vicki Buckley, and I had the honor of writing every word of that speech. You can see it on C-SPAN. It's in the Hall of Fame, whatever that is, that the NRA has at their headquarters. But in it, we talked about new age hate crimes and that hate pulled the trigger. You know, we, we, we tend to focus in on the guns and certainly if some of the guns were off the streets. If some people uh, who shouldn't have guns couldn't get them, maybe some crimes wouldn't occur. The reality is that most of the time when these killings go down, the folks get the guns illegally. This 18-year-old that mur murdered those 19 brown babies in Texas the other day bought the gun legally on his 18th birthday. But the point I make in terms of linking it to Columbine is the fact that hate pulls the trigger. That's exactly what the Colorado Secretary of State told Charlton Heston and the rest of the uh, NRA. By the way, that scene is featured in an Academy Award winning film I had the opportunity to work on bowling for Columbine by a young white filmmaker. I had the opportunity to mentor, he says that, not me, Michael Moore. Uh, but these killings are going to continue. And when they go down, there will be many more copycat killings. And when these copycat killings occur, no one should be surprised because hate is ingrained in the DNA of America, the nation. Hate is ingrained in too many of these white families. One of the reasons that they don't want critical race theory taught, and I don't even like the phraseology, we're talking about reality-based American history as it was. I don't care what you call it. If you're teaching history, the reality of American history, we might be able to stem some of the hate by young white children and their parents learning how hate has rolled 
since the inception of a country founded on violence. When I met with President Clinton and the First Lady, some of the networks got on our case, mine in particular, because they said the dots didn't connect when I told them that those young white terrorists, Clebold and Harris, they had seen what America's foreign policy was. Problem solving solution was dropping bombs on Kosovo at the time. A lot of folks don't know, but at Columbine, Clebold and Harris had made 50 propane bombs and scattered them around. They told the parents to stay out of their room while they did whatever they wanted to. Like too many other households in America, children are running the homes. There's no parenting really going down because parenting are more interested in being buddies than mothers and fathers. There's no family structure other than the kids calling the shots and that's a bunch of crap. Mm -hmm. But at Columbine, one of the things we've got to understand is that there were signals like here. Clebold and Harris were posting on, on, on social media back then, April 1999. The signals were in place. We've got to take all threats seriously. What, what became known as the trench coat mafia, some have tried to dispel that, but these young white haters stood outside a black family's house, the show's family, and intimidated them. The show's children were subjected to the language of hate. I can send you the clipping from the Denver Post and the Rocky Mountain News. They were called niggas. They were called all type of, of, of hate-filled words. And the importance of that is that when the language of hate is used and then killings occur, that's a hate crime. Right. I tried to explain that to the president later one-on-one -on -one with then Attorney General De Janet Reno, face-to-face. No big audience, nothing like that. They didn't want to hear. Columbine is a hate crime, even though it's undisputed. Eyewitness accounts before the killers blew Isaiah shows heart out. They said, where is that little nigga? And then they blew his heart out. We're the only ones. People talk about we need an Emmett Till moment right now behind what just went down in Texas with those 19 brown babies. Guess what? In 1999, we released the autopsy report of Isaiah shows against the judge's order that the autopsy reports be sealed. We said the hell with that. People need to see the horror of what happens when you blow someone's heart out. They need to see what hate does. And the point I make here is that we are too ready to channel surf away from hate in America. We're too too ready to channel surf away from the impact of white supremacy and the white nationalist presidency of a Donald Trump. But believe me when I tell you the Democrats are every bit as bad as the Republicans because they look the other way and hate too, unless it's politically convenient. We keep dying. But believe me, right now, in America, if America didn't act when all those black children were murdered at Sandy Hook, you can believe me when I tell you that the death of 19 black babies, I'm sorry, brown babies in Texas, the murder of those brown babies in Texas, the execution of black seniors in Buffalo is not going to move the action needle at all. 
They didn't move it for white babies. You can believe they won't be moving it for brown and black human beings because they dehumanized us to the point where it makes killing us easy. Yeah. I, I, I don't, there's so much more I could go into in terms of the fact that, you know, Isaiah's funeral was the largest of the Columbine funeral. Over 7,000 people attended. I had to attend to every detail of that. On a very personal level, let me tell you something. You aren't aware of it at the time that you're dealing, but my way of winding down hour after hour, day after day of that is I would sit at the end of a bar somewhere. It might be the Brown Palace Hotel, very elite hotel in downtown Denver, and me and Jack Daniels <laughs> would have a little conversation with one another. That kept on and on, and I was engaging in self-destructive behavior. I probably should have been receiving grief counseling too because a year later, I represented the mother, black child, six years old, youngest school killer in American history. I had to get with Queen Latifah there when she tried to do a jab ass ambush of it. Didn't, didn't matter. She took a media beat down, figuratively speaking only. But the point is, is that when you work with these, these cases, with, with, with these incidents, the horror of really of, of terrorism in, in America, uh, you, if you're not careful, will implode. That's just the word to the wise, in particular, the productive activist community, because my experiences are based on real life experience, not a theory, not a set down with a psychologist or clinical psychiatrist, but real experience. When you put together every detail, the largest of the funerals, you got worldwide media there. You got preachers. You know black preachers. Mm -hmm. When black preachers do a funeral, nobody gives a funeral like black folks. But in this instance, we had the governor of Colorado there, my client, the secretary of state. I would not allow anyone to speak. I, I had unilateral decision making. But Martin Luther King III, because the family really, really uh, 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 honored and loved his father, Martin Luther King Jr. I got calls from every black political figure and black high-powered lawyer in the nation to come in. I just said, no, no, no. But one preacher who is kind of, I don't like the term MC from the pulpit, but that's what he was doing. He kept inviting other black preachers up to speak. I said, hey, man, I got the governor here to speak. They're on the program. The Secretary of State is on the program, and you keep inviting all these uh, other preachers to speak. He said, I'm just moving like the Lord tells me. I looked him in the eye, and the governor turned red in the face when I said this. Well, the Lord is telling you to wrap this motherfucker up. I'm taking the mic. No more preaching. No more preaching. But the point I make is that when you're in a pressure situation like that, messaging is very important. What Jay Love says when she talks about the fact that hate is pulling the trigger, those were our exact words, exact words 23 years ago before the National Rifle Association. See, if you took all of the guns away, hate is such as they would come in and stab. They get baseball back. But hate is what is killing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I, and I, and I got to tell you, it's so pervasive because many of these young killers 
don't have the opportunity to learn anything about love and don't feel it from anyone. And they reject it out of hand going down that I'm tough and nail road. They go in there to commit a form of suicide, some of us. Yeah. How many did Rittenhouse, when he was acquitted, not guilty, how many other young killers did he inspire when they saw him walk? Yeah. We don't know. Again, I can't hear you. I heard somebody say, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just touching the surface of this. I mean, we've done so many just interviews with folks. And then they, they stopped when we started talking about hate and racism. And, and Columbine as a hate crime. When we didn't play the little game with the other families, because what distinguished Isaiah shows, even though hate kill, was the racist nature of these young white supremacists, Klebold and Harris and Columbine. They didn't want to acknowledge 23 years ago that was a factor. And Buffalo, right away, they said it's a hate crime. Does that represent progress? That represents the impact of activism. See, it's, it's activism and, and, and the streets that made law enforcement in Buffalo say it was a hate crime from Jump Street. It was nothing else. The streets knew that. Yeah. In Grand Rapids, it was the streets activism that pushed the play button. We used to would never have gotten a body cam footage on uh, at all, let alone in a timely fashion. It wasn't the police chief that hit the play button. It was the streets of America, the threat of the streets of Grand Rapids. So when we organize, when we do shows like you guys and Jay Love are doing here today, it has a cumulative impact and it does change policy. See, what we're doing here, I used to be doing on ABC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, every network, Japanese, English stations, papers, everything. We don't get the calls anymore. I'm right here in Michigan. Oxford occurred. They went all over the globe looking for experts. There's no one that has dealt with the issue and lived it the way that myself and Reverend Michael Scholes has lived it. And I'm working on something right now with the councilwoman and a police agency, maybe a school system, to bring him in to share exactly what I've talked about here. But I just appreciate the opportunity to speak for you. I just wish I could hear it so we could participate more fully. And now I'm going to dig into the orange roughy, <laughs> the string beans and the baked potato. But I love you and I just wish we could have spent more time. But Jay Love, you are so on point. See, they use mental health as an excuse to cover up the hate and, 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 and the, the, the systemic racism that is embedded in the DNA of these children through the parent, the community, and the white church. Yeah. Or if you're brown, maybe the Catholic church. I don't know. When we look at Texas, there are a lot of dynamics at work there. Yeah. One thing we know, hate transcends race. And even today, I identify friends and enemies on the basis of behavior, not just race. But, but I thank you for the opportunity. Uh, this is the councilwoman. She's enjoying her meal. <laughs> Say bye, Mary. Okay. She didn't expect that. But anyway, what can I say? I can't hear you. All right. Thank you, Sam. We appreciate it. Okay, all right. Thank you. I heard that. Okay, I love you guys. Take care. We love you. We got you. We'll take it from here.
<laughs> so you guys, that was what awesome. Um, go ahead, attorney Hugo Matt. I'm saying, you know, what the hell? You know, I mean, up there, he up there doing all that. I, I see he didn't bring enough for everybody. You know, I right. mean, that's the least he could do. You know, but he's still, he's still, he's still my man, though. You know, Sam, Sam is still, Sam is still my mellow. You know, and uh, it was good to hear him, and I'm so glad to see him run for Congress. You know, and uh, you know because I, I just want to say this about activism: it takes different formats, and sometimes it takes people, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, uh, you know, Sam Riddle in my own humble way, Hugo Mack, to run for office to bring issues to the forefront. Because I guarantee you, if you didn't have Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, uh, you know, Shirley Chisholm running for office and, and, and so many other people, state and locally, there wouldn't be this discussion that these candidates have got to confront. They would be on autopilot with police unions, uh, lawyer groups, uh, the good old boy and girl network too. You know, I'm, I'm going to speak about that. Women have proven this country they can be just as ignorant and stupid as men, okay? Because and vile and racist as men. Anytime you have the majority of white women voting for Donald Trump, that is a sickness. That mm -hmm. is a sickness, okay? So they've proven themselves to be as ignorant and, and racist as any man, okay? So if you don't like it, you know, well, Send all hate mail to Jay Love, not Hugo Mack. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can send all hate love to Planet the Ball Between Movement at gmail.com. <laughs> Positive mail. If you got anything that you want us to talk about or something you want to bring to our attention, you can send all the mail. <laughs> Turn the moment into a movement at gmail.com. Thank you, Attorney Hugo. <laughs> oh, wow. So I talked to Edward before this show, you guys. And it was so, you know, I'm watching Edward as Sam talk. And some of the things that me and Edward discussed, Sam, um, brought up, but we were talking about some of the same things. So, Edward, go at it. <laughs> yeah, he did take, and it was like he was in that conversation, you know, right. and it just goes to show, you know, how we are all thinking and on the same page. You know, recently I was in Detroit um, at uh, uh, on the Avenue uh, uh, Fashion in uh, Marvin's Gate Old Neighborhood. And I was taking it reminiscing with a song in my head, um, what's going on? And I didn't realize that I would leave and then walk and be contemplating this other song that's on the same LP where it talks about save the children, save the children. That's on the same LP. And it's, it's just as relevant as the, the other song, you know, what's going on or brother, what's going on, what's happening. You know, um, uh, uh, and it's, it's very interesting. Um, we are allowing um, our children to take and be slaughtered. And this is a theme of mine. Um, when I take and address the issue of children um, uh, uh, um, being um, committing horrific um, crimes 
and being placed in prison um, uh, um, as an adult and being um, held um, with the most um, horrific punishments. Um, and even though we say they're equal to adults, they, they're not equal. See, because we always appreciated children because we, we, we use the word and say they're the future. Yeah. Well, a child, because a child has more longevity than adult. Okay. A child has more longevity than adult. This is why parents expect their children will bury them and they won't bury their children. You know, no parent expects to bury their child. They expect to take and have their children to take and do that for them. They expect them to take and say words over their casket, over their grave, in their memory, in their honor. They don't expect to be it in the reverse. And many times I point out that when you see a child commit a horrific act, what you actually seeing is the product of some adult abuse. You're seeing the product of adult and or societal abuse. And when we take that child and we blame the child and run the child through the judicial system and, and throw away the key, we are simply hiding our own faults. We are bearing our own disease up under the rug. And it stinks. That's a corpse that we have under the rug. And it stinks to the to, to the to, to the heavens. You know, when the angels smell that, they ask, whose stinking corpse is that on the earth? You know, who's, who died down there on the earth? Every time a child committed a commit an offense like that, it speaks about the, the adults, not the children. I used to walk a blind man on 12th Street. And I remember when I would get through walking him and he would have me to take him where his buddies were, where they sit in the alley and got and drank. And I would stand there and it wouldn't take but a second where one of the adults would tell me, you can come back later and get slick. You can come back later and get slick. You got to go. There's no children back here. There's nothing back here but adults. So they say, um, you can come back and get slick before it get dark and take him home. And uh, they would dismiss me. And I expected that. And I respected that. Adults are not children peers. They're not their peers. When we see these crimes being committed by children, we are looking at the volume of harm that has been did to the children. Whether it's been did by somebody in the church, and there's plenty of crimes that's been perpetrated on children by people in, in clergy uniforms. Mm -hmm. There's been plenty of harm here to children by people in school buildings. There is plenty of harm that's been did to children in their own homes, in the care of their own parents. You know, I remember while I was at the University of Michigan um, attending class one day, and you know, people were taking and they were speaking about their preference for sexuality. And I meant no respect to anyone, but I took and thought that there was a, an equation that was missing out of that discussion. And I, re, I tried to take and point out that everyone don't come to this destination the same way. 
And I recalled it a young man that I met in prison that was there for, for murdering a young lady that he was engaged to. And he had previously been in prison and went home and came back. And this is when he committed that offense. But I learned a lot about this young man because I had his court records and his whole history. And I always say that anyone that acts as attorney for a person also act as a mental health worker because you learn so much about the person and you have to deal with, with real issues and push them to admit realities and so forth. And I come to find out that this young kid had been raped by his own mother and her friend. Because I was trying to put my head around the idea, how do you kill a woman that you engage to and rape her and leave her in a field? And it became apparent to me. The answer became apparent to me as I began to take and read his records and then interact with him. His mother was in prison just like he was in prison. Mm-hmm. Okay? He had identified her to me as the person that victimized him when he was a child. This is what made him that ugly monster that took and killed a young lady that he was engaged to and left her in a field, not until after he performed in a sex act on her on her deceased body. When we see horrific crimes like this, don't just look at the entity. Look at what went into the entity and who put it there. Okay, there are many things that are connected to that. And we have to address that as well. We hear some of the same rhetoric coming from these children that we hear from some people that we put in a trust. We put in a position of trust. We made them public officials, elected officials. And they are spearing this, 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 this disease from their mouths. Mm-hmm. And then they pretend to be, you know, innocent of all of it. Right. Self-righteousness. Self-righteousness and, you know, uh, 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 um, convenient, you know, uh, 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 um, loss of rec- recognition of one's own behavior. Right. You know, um, I got a message, to, uh, a comment in my uh, on a Facebook post to, today, and it was basically saying that uh, mental health is the reason for all these shootings, and that you know guns don't um, guns don't just shoot people, and that um, <laughs> by themselves. It's a mental issue and that if we try, you know, what I was stating would keep, uh, if that came into existence, it would keep law-abiding citizens from being able to purchase guns. And when I was telling Edward that today, he reminded me that all these people that was doing stuff was law-abiding citizens. They didn't have records. They, you know, the people go here, Edward. <laughs> and, and, and that's that's I appreciate you bringing that up. And, and, and exactly, you know, we have been we 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 have been listening to this argument that has been made for more than 
three decades we've been making that argument. We've been making that argument over and over and over again. So people now say it without even thinking. Right. But if you look at everyone that has committed these horrific acts, they have been people who are considered to be law-abiding citizens. Exactly. They wasn't your repeated uh, uh, offenders that have been in and out of prison, you know, that represent recidivism. They are not the person that the police said that, hey, we've been trying to put this guy in prison. We put him in prison and he got out and the judges are lenient on him and everything. But that's how the lawmakers respond. They go after the guy that supposedly fit this description of our boogeyman. Right. But it wasn't the guy on Am Street. Right. It wasn't the guy on Am Street. It was the kid that lived over on, on Boardwalk. Okay? It was the kids on Boardwalk that put on the trench coats. It wasn't the urban kid that you've been given this image of. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it or man or woman, and it generally isn't. Right, it doesn't fit the description. Right, what they are protecting, what they are protecting, I find too many parallels with the way that white folks acted in South Africa when 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 the rest of the world was taking trying to assist black South Africans to bring down apartheid. Okay where they came up with all kind of arguments to maintain that form of government right and this is what we are doing here in the united states you find all of the same crazy arguments about maintaining their guns they done created they done created a monster in their mind that don't exist in our reality right monster do not exist if right. you want to find that monster, if you want to find that diseased person, it's your own racism. Yeah. Okay. Racism. Own biases. Too. <laughs> yeah. And that's why that's why we take a different position from a black person using the N word and a white person using the N word. One of them said somewhere in their heart differently. Not that the word, not that I condone the word, period. But one of them normally take and use the word with a certain illness that's in their heart. And so that ain't what alarms us, the word, when we hear it, is the connection to that word in the heart. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's why. So when we talk about when we talk about mental illness, that racism you have, that's what it is. But unlike other forms of mental illness, unlike other forms of mental illness, this one is a choice. Yes. This yes. one is a choice. The, the 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 young guy in Buffalo who had on all the he was able to buy body armor. He was able to um, buy assault re- weapons. There wasn't no flash raid on him. I mean, he did it all legally. You know, he he opened up a whole chat. He had it going on where you know they was having a he was in. I don't know if they all these people they're investigating them now, but they don't know if all these people were, you know, all in thinking about, you know, doing something bad, you know, hate crimes. But they had a whole little thing going on that they were doing. And so, and it all was about hate. It wasn't about I got a mental problem or, you know, it's about I want to kill some black people. He had on his gun, here's your reparations. 
he had on uh, all the little hate things, thoughts that he had. He had etched them and written them on his weapon. So law-abiding citizen, the, the kid, he legally bought his gun. You know, a lot of these, those people of June the 6th and, and D.C., the insurrectionists, they was all <laughs> law-abiding citizens. He was, he was expressing what had been put into him for the last 18 years that he was on this earth. Right. What his parents and adults in his environment had put into him right. in the last 18 years he was in this environment. Right. Like I told you guys the story of the little white boy who said I can't speak to the brown people to me. Mm -hmm. you know, who, <laughs> who who teaches this to their kids? Mm -hmm. But this talk to him and he expressed my mother said I can't speak to the brown people so you know and and that brings on a life into itself and it grows into something that's so uncontrollable and a, a hate volcano mm -hmm. and it erupts and then you have you know 10 innocent black people in a black neighborhood grocery shopping you see when he got to the white man he said oh I'm sorry and he took off for more white, um, black people to kill. This little guy in the school, and we that's a whole nother story how the police didn't do anything and how these parents suffer. Mm -hmm. Suffer while this kid, he's shot. They were headshots. But you can mm -hmm. see, you can see their budget hadn't been cut. Nobody right. had cut their budget. You see all that weaponry they had? Right. You seen all the manpower they had? So nobody defunded them. Right. Nobody defunded them. They can't make that argument. They were overfunded. In fact, they were somewhere playing with their damn toys. Right. They got pictures of their whole SWAT team for two yeah. years ago. And, mm -hmm. and, and he, their parents had to take DNA tests to identify the kids from the parents. Mm -hmm. Because he shredded those kids. Yeah. So when we say these narratives, they're going to take away our guns. You know, law-abiding citizens can't get guns. Those are all narratives that help protect yeah. Yeah. gun owners. Go ahead, Attorney Hugo Matt. See, I, I, I tell you that people, my, <laughs> let me just say this. My colleagues in my profession, and I know a whole bunch of conservatives, all right, conservatives, all right, they no longer debate me on the Second Amendment thing because, see, that has been a burning issue for me for quite, quite, quite some time, all right? mm -hmm. you know, not to mention how the Second Amendment started in the first place and who that was targeted at, as and we all know that, we all know that, okay, um, slave catchers, we all know that, so... Mm -hmm. The thing of it is, is this: I read what you posted, J Love. What that what that lady put on your on your on your post right there mm -hmm. uh, about uh, you know guns don't kill people. People kill people. You know what? I guess when I hear stuff like that, what I ask people is, okay, then, well, tell me this: why shouldn't I be able to go into a munition store and buy a flamethrower? Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Ain't, ain't nobody need no damn flamethrower. That's that's outrageous. Okay, well tell me this then. How come I can't go into a gun store and buy a bazooka? Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, you ain't got no second right to bazooka. 
Okay, so I don't have a Second Amendment right to a bazooka. I don't have a Second Amendment right to a flamethrower. Okay, mm -hmm. well, I want to go buy a Thompson submachine gun. You know, I mean, Al Capone and them had it. Elliot Ness and them had it. Oh, no, no, submachine guns. No, 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 no. You can't buy that. That's crazy. Don't nobody need that. So I say, you tell me, I don't need a flamethrower. I don't need a bazooka. I don't need a machine gun. But I do need a semi-automatic rifle, which is just damn near an automatic rifle with some modifications, with a 45 clip, banana clip in it. I do need that, right? I do need that. See, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And see, and see, you wouldn't take a gun like that to kill Bambi. You understand? Yeah. You, you see, you don't take a gun like that for deer hunting. See, I know right. a, a bunch of deer hunters. They take 30 odd sixes, they take shotguns with shotgun slugs. You understand? Mm -hmm. You know, you don't take it. So, so you don't tell me you need a damn gun like that to hunt Bambi. Stop that bullshit to me. I'm sorry. So, but 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 you will have a gun like that to say. You need a gun like that to protect your family. So, so what does that show me? That shows me you got more damn respect for Bambi and taking his life than you have for my black behind walking down the street where you think I'm trying to break in your house. That's what that shows me. See, that's what I tell and confront her with. That is systemic racism right there because you're showing me how little my life means to you. Okay, that that's what that's what you're showing me, and you're trying to hide it under the guise of. I've got a right to protect myself. Nobody's telling mm -hmm. you a right to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. but, but because you want to protect yourself, don't mean you got a right to a damn flamethrower, a bazooka, mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. rocket okay, and quote, unquote, quote, protecting your damn self. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Uh, AR, that spread, that spreaded those kids up. Yeah, yeah, it did. Mm -hmm. yeah, it did. those babies up. Yeah. Why yeah. Do you do that? Who are you protecting yourself from? The there's no army that's going to come into your house. Right, right. that's right. Hello? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and try to take your family. That right. You need a 100-round clip and an AR. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You're 18 years old. You can't buy liquor. You can't buy cigarettes. But you can own and purchase these right. kind of weapons. That's right. That's right. And then what we talk about, because we talk about it all the time within criminal justice, Right. The, the brain science. Right. Brain mm -hmm. science says, which is the actual science, <laughs> yeah. that the brain is not fully developed until what, 25, right. 26 years That's old. Right. That's right. That's right. That's and right. you got an 18-year-old kid, That's unless right. he's black, then he's an 18-year-old man. An 18-year-old with an AR and he's responsible? The kid in Oxford didn't have an AR, but he had a weapon powerful enough. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And traumatize a whole entire school. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And his parents bought it. Right? The kid who you knew had mental issues. The kid who was killing birds and whatever the case he was doing. The kid who had hate issues. The kid who had issues. His friend moved away. He was having emotional issues. And you felt in your parental craziness mind that was oh let me buy him a gun and make him what feel better. Well and I think I think that's what they're used to. 
Yes. That's what some people are used to doing. Right. They they want to get tokens instead of taking responsibility. Oh, and at seven, they're at seven years old. I have children that I see, and 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 one kiddo came to me and he said, Miss T, Miss T, I was able to practice. I got a new gun for Christmas, but I can't shoot it yet. I said, really? It's too big for him to shoot because he was seven. And the problem is that we glorify death. That's at the root of the problem. We so into glorifying death that we want to just stay up on a cross and make everybody a martyr. Because what happens is, you know, and we've got to get over this. If I make you a martyr, then, then that's going to satisfy your community. Mm -hmm. How many martyrs do we actually need? Mm -hmm. You know, nothing has changed just because Martin Luther King was killed. Nothing changed just because Malcolm X was killed. Nothing has changed when Kennedy was killed. Nothing changed. They come back later and say, oh, he was a good person, but you didn't think that then. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's right. You know, and, and for some some reason, we we forget. Like uh, Sam said, I wrote it down. He said, we're too ready to channel surf away from racism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We channel surf away. We just go on to the next thing, the next big issue, the next uh, the next script. Right, monkey pox. Right. Right. We just <laughs> and, 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 and monkey pox. Right. And, right. And that's right. And that's right. And and, 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 and each one. Right. 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 There's I'm one sorry, man. I, I'm go sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go. There's one man in the history of the nation. Okay, and we got. In the history of the nation, we've had billions of people that have come and gone, okay? Got about 250 uh, million people right now in United States of America. There is one man that is singularly responsible for the largest increase in drug purchases, uh, excuse me, uh, weapons purchases, ammunition pur purchases in the history of the nation. One man. You know, that man's name is Barack Obama, you see? Because when that man got elected, Mm -hmm. That was all they needed to open up them floodgates. Yeah. All the niggas coming now. The niggas coming now. Y'all get ready. He's gonna be knocking doors down. You know, mm -hmm. you know, you know, you know. See, see, he's gonna have he gonna have them black studs, you know, all white women. Be on caution, high alert. You know what I'm saying? You know, protect, protect your homes. He's coming to get y'all. And they played that racism, that racism, that racism, and it has not stopped. Uh, Abbott is the governor in uh, in uh, in Texas. Can't, can't remember his first name is Greg or John or whatever it is. Okay, and Ted yeah. Cruz and Ted Cruz. Those two men are seminally responsible for laws in Texas and and that bull crap. You know what? I damn near kicked in my TV. They think that on Walker Texas Ranger. I damn near kicked in my TV. And so what I'm saying is they put that macho. This is the real, you know, white man can whip anybody, can whip any black man, any Mexican, you know, just like Tarzan, deep, deepest, darkest Africa. 
Not another white man within 500 miles. He can whip a gorilla, a, a, a lion. He, he can whip an elephant. He can whip a crocodile and any 10 black men at one time. And, and got the white woman on top of that. But anyway, 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 anyway. So all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is they have played that. And I get so pissed off when I see people act like the Second Amendment and, and, and the idiots in NRA, you know, look, the NRA is the only thing stopping the government from taking your guns. You know, you know, them people need to be charged with treason as far as far, as far as I'm concerned. Those are the real killers right there. Those yeah. are the real killers that push that gun culture. And then they know good and damn well they got sick people. Uh, and it was right. Racism is a sickness, it's a mental illness in and of itself. But you got people that suffer from racism and mental illness, additional mental illness, and they open up the floodgates. You can't even have a damn background check. Whoever that the, the, the man killed killing people in, in Buffalo, he could have got to go without a damn background check at a damn gun show. Are you mm -hmm. kidding me? Mm -hmm. you know, so anyway, I'm sorry. No, you're right. And so when you and then you have people just like um Peachy was saying earlier in one of the um posts that there was people for that killer. There was egging him on, daring him to do it. You, you know, and so you have this whole culture that doesn't give a who about life. Mm -hmm. And then you say, hey, the guns is not doing it. <laughs> but they could get the guns to do it. Damn straight. You know, and so, and then when you talk about this, when Attorney Hugo Man, when you was talking about how they went crazy, and then right now they're talking about that right replacement theory whatever that crap crazy crap is so you know all, we're going to take over and so there's more reasons for you know them to be more excited and have more guns you know and so and then we have our own issues in the hood we got drive-bys and we have you know kids shooting at the police and you know and that's a whole nother thing and then when you have that um kind of gun violence you're not talking about sick kids that's right you're talking about thugs and criminals and you know the na whole narrative changes they're mm -hmm. thugs they're criminals they're come you know from bad homes they're bad students they can't read they can't a whole together but all of it if you're gonna it's a uh, imbalance and all of it you're gonna sit all these you're gonna Pile all of these kids in prison, it's not going to stop it because it's been going on and on and on and on. It, I mean, just this year, how many was it, Revetia? So far, this is what this is the end of May, and how many mass shootings have there been? We've had over 200 mass shootings, but just for school shootings, this is number 27. That's right, that's right. This is number 27 in 2022. But see, we, they're not showing that on the news. They're not telling you that we've had over 200 mass shootings in a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not talking about, that is, they, you know, Sam had mentioned about the implosion. We talk about implosion is because of disenfr disenfranchised, under, underserved people of middle class and um, those who have economic stressors, all of all of the people have been suffering, and 
So what's happening is, you know, the, the idea is that there'll be an implosion at some point. But I'm telling you, we've already started the implosion. If you had 200 mass shootings, and if you do the comparison around the world, it demonstrates that United States is mentally unstable. Mm -hmm. Why? Why are we mentally unstable? Because we have mentally deranged people at the helm of the nation. And I don't mind saying that because nobody's making a difference and running on a ticket that is for humanity. All of these other narratives are coming up and oh my goodness, people in the community, we just join on and take on the script, take on the narrative and, and retell it right. without checking it out, without seeing the background. Right. Check yourselves. Right. You know, I had to check myself. How am I eating? What's coming across my, my table? How did it get there? What am I wearing? Where did I get it from? Who did I help? Whose household did I help earn money and not my own? We have to be radical in our own salvation. Depending on people who have never liked you to be your savior. Believing that the one who has raped, plundered, killed, destroyed is going to love you That's and right. take care of you and your family. You're lying to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's time to wake up. Right. 227 school shootings. I told my, my daughter, I don't know. Looks like I'm going to have to teach the grandbaby at home because I can't trust the school system. I can't trust her for her safety and I, I can't even trust her for the education because they have dummied them down. That's a whole nother issue. I know. Schools are gun free zones, <laughs> so they're easy targets. You know, when you talk about their gun free zone, their drug free zones, all that stuff. So somebody can, and if you want to make an impression you know, these people do it not because uh, they know that that's going to be a headline for them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. what they're, they're in their mind. Yes, I'm going to be a leader or whatever, whoever they're representing. Mm -hmm. And they go into these places and that's a slot. They're like sitting ducks mm -hmm. with these little crazy lunatics. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and, 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 and let me let me say this. I heard one idiot. Like I said, I have to watch my TV from a distance, my flat screen, because if I'm too damn close, I'll end up kicking that thing in or something like that, you know? So at times I definitely have anger management issues that I need to. <laughs> I heard one idiot on talking about, well, the problem is they need to give them teachers guns. I said, are you crazy? Are you crazy? You know, so so in other words, here's a teacher that's got a seventh grade class or whatever that is. Okay, so wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So what? Are they supposed to wear the gun? I mean, where <laughs> everybody can see the gun? Well, no, 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 we don't want to do that. Okay, so well, are they supposed to have the gun on a desk? 
what a seventh grader, eighth grader can grab the gun? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, where is it? Well, it's got to be locked away, secure someplace. I said, wait a minute, you idiot. You idiot. So you telling me you 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 gonna have a special closet or a, or a desk or something like that. And so uh, a teacher is giving class. And so you something come down. They're going to be able to stop what they're doing. Fumble for they get to my gun. Yeah, yeah. Fumble for they key to 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 get in that box. Okay, pull the gun out and be able to react to somebody who's coming in with a semi-automatic uh, AR-15, whatever that they done bought at the 18th year, uh, eight, you know, uh, uh, on the 18th birthday. And you you're supposed to have that teacher be specifically trained to know. Uh, who they shooting at, how they shooting, not worrying about a ricochet. A ricochet can kill you just as well as a direct shot. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So you, you, you're trying to put that additional stress on teachers who never went to school to learn to be police officers. Right. She didn't go for learn. combat. Yeah, yeah. They went to school to learn to be educators. That, that's why right. they went to school. So you want them to make split-second life and death decisions when police officers that we train, they can't hardly get a life and death split the sudden decision made. They damn selves. You see what Attorney I'm saying? Attorney Matt, those police officers didn't even go in there once they figured out that kid had an AR. That's true. That, they that's didn't. True. Now, some of the parents said some of those officers went in to get their kids out. And, and the parents was out there and they went and got their guns and said, hey, I'll go in there with my gun and get my kid and they were refusing to let them go in and get their kids handcuff and somebody. yeah didn't they didn't they handcuff somebody yeah so they've been trained for this they got a whole SWAT team and everything and they let those kids stay and and they heard him shooting it didn't take a lot of shots he got an automatic weapon he went pow 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 and he was you know shoot so and now, and now they got the feds here because those um, law enforcement officers are telling lies to, they, they're getting their story right. And so as opposed to taking a serve in the public, they now serving themselves. And so now the federal government is being called in and saying, hey, put them on the sideline and get the story. <laughs> right, and then that's where we go again, wrongful convictions. You know how <laughs> the same thing. So the police got a few days on this, to sit back and get their story together because the parents start telling it immediately. So be. the governor was trying to make a whole different scenario. Like this kid one. had on body armor and kid didn't have on no dang on body armor. They tried to make it so, you know, like the police was doing their job, but these parents, no, they wasn't. And they didn't know that the parents had video and all this stuff. Now they got to get together and try to get the story. They standing out here looking like fools because all these that was too many children that that died that they could have saved. Too many. And so, and and when we're looking at this and we're looking at, you know, the Supreme Court, I had to get this in. The Supreme Court then went on in here and now they're gonna make it hard for you to get your wrongful conviction, you know. <laughs> wrongful convictions is not um what they were saying, uh, innocent. Just not being right. innocent, not. Woo! Not a right for exoneration. Not and you know why? Yeah, because they're trying to cover up for their bodies. And they got to keep the system going. Yeah. Okay, this is a system. 
This is an economic system built on your black behind. Always has been. And that's why there was no police until after African-Americans were set free. And so then the police, the policing began. And so there is money made from people who are imprisoned. So they don't want to be right. At some point, we're going to have to march up there and say, let our people go. Have some signs and wonders. I don't know. <laughs> but at some point, we've got to get it and stop giving excuses of why they're paper pushing and saying why they have to stay in prison because they want to make money. Yeah. So we have the, you know, <laughs> we're battling, you guys. We're battling. <laughs> you know, from um, these uh, innocent kids being killed, not innocent people are not innocent is not you know an excuse for an exoneration or innocent just because you're innocent don't means you could get out and this guy's on death row for a crime he didn't do so his case is setting precedent see and this is what why it's so important to pay attention because mm -hmm. this case is setting a precedent so when your case or your loved one case come up they're gonna have something to go to <laughs> and something to use go ahead edward for our audience, we are switching pages, um, and we're now talking about uh, the U.S. Supreme Court's recent decision in regards of um, the standard of review um, for overturning the conviction. The courts have previously never had a problem with overturning the conviction if a person didn't have, um, you know, adequate um, representation. This is the the idea. You know the most um, a, a watershed uh, um, 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 U.S. Supreme Court decision happened in, I believe, in 1963. Was it Hugo um, with uh, um, um, People's versus Gim um, Gimright? Um, um, in that case, the um, the person um, was arguing that they wasn't represented by um, attorneys, and um, the court took and said that the person, uh, even because they had previously said we all had rights to an attorney. Because the history goes back in this nation to where earlier the only person the attorney had a right to represent was himself, his or herself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then later they was like, everybody have a right to attorney if you can afford one. Then they finally came to the position that everyone has a right to an attorney. If you can't afford one, the government will provide you one. Now it's they they turning that on his head. This was the watershed decision in the United States Supreme Court. There's no one single U.S. Supreme Court decision that calls every state within the nation to change its court rules, I mean, wholesale. Generally, you get, you know, we told that, hey, court rules change all the time, so don't worry about holding on to the court rules. You'll get another one next year. But this particular decision required them to damn, bam, the whole book had to be thrown out. It wasn't just um, some scattered rules throughout, but because the standard, this decision had changed the law. The state constitutions changed it. The state case laws changed it. 
the basic practices changed it, etc. There's a whole line of decisions where the courts have been finding uh, uh, um, people's head and been given a fair trial because of the lack of representation of attorney. Now they're saying that, hey, if we buy that argument, we should take and say the government was wrong for giving you the attorney. So they're saying we ain't doing that no more. So really, <laughs> you talking about overturning Roe base, uh, Roe base, um, um, versus right. This is more substantial than that. Mm-hmm. Right now, you haven't responded to it because you're just looking at a person that's on trial or that had been convicted for a crime, <clears throat> and you ain't looking at it. But the right to attorney affects all of us. Right. <laughs> it affects all of us. And this is not like a choice between uh, 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 um, to bring life into the world or not to bring life into the world. This is about all our lives that already exist. Mm -hmm. Okay? This is about all of our lives that already exist. It's saying that, hey, if if I take and became an attorney <coughs> and I took and totally failed in my representation of you, so what? That's not a basis for you to come back and have your case overturned if, if that can be established. This is in response to the large number of black people being exonerated throughout this nation. <laughs> this is what this is in response to. Okay? Never before had a legislator, have legislators throughout the country rush to create laws to prevent clinics that was that was work that was trying you had Barry Shack and others trying to set up innocent clinics and before they can get them set up legislators was running around the country setting up laws to say you can't do this you can't you can't you can't bring a case back to the court that's already several years old so they was rushing to take and put up these clinics to try to beat the legislation and they did succeed in many instances Mm -hmm. Okay, but now here you have this mindset that, hey, whatever we do is divine. Whatever we do is divine. This is another act of our government taking and trying to play, is making uh, where we say that we, we, we are a nation under God, that God isn't our federal government, that God isn't our judiciary or our executive branch of government. We are all human beings and we all make mistakes. You don't respond to this nation overturning these convictions by taking and deciding that, okay, this is the key, this is the lynch that they've been using to get these convictions over, so we'll pull that out. <laughs> and these legal clinics will fail in their efforts. This is what this decision is about. Yes. Yeah, so Tony, you go, Matt. Yeah, and see, part part of the problem here is is this, you know, um, when I look at Dr. King and the Montgomery bus boycott, three hundred eighty-one days, you know, three hundred eighty-one days, them black people stuck together. I mean, they stuck together, you know, and 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 what's happened is. And I've said it before, 
You know, we are the greatest Americans in the history of the United States because we have tried so hard to be accepted, so hard to be loved, so hard to be wanted, okay? Right. That, that we simply cannot tell the difference between when it's raining and somebody's peeing down our leg. I'm sorry, we can't. We can't. We we can't tell the difference. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jay Love, please don't kick me off the show, please. <laughs> so, so so and and so what 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 I'm saying is when I hear Brother Sanders talk about this case, the bottom line is most of us still will remain disaffected. You know, it's not my son. It's not my uncle up in there. You know, I got to keep working at this job at Forge. You know, I'm trying to get my bonus package on, you know, you know, you look, look, I want me an F-150. I can't, I can't, I ain't, I ain't raising no hell about nothing else, you know? And so the, the, the problem is that we continue, continue to fund and be a benign part of the system that is trying to kill us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so, you know, so so for me, when I, when I hear my colleagues right here on this show talking, you know, we, we got a lot of work to do, but but we can't give up. We can't stop. You know, you know, we, we can't stop because it wasn't everybody in the civil rights movement that got legislation. It was some dedicated people that got legislation, you know, wow. that that wouldn't go away. So, you know, uh I just can't stop thinking about those kids, you know, and I, and I can't stop thinking about the fact when you say you have to have DNA, you know, you know, you know what that tells me? That tells me that somebody's face was blown off. That's what that tells me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I can recognize all of you by your face. You understand what I'm saying? Right. You know, but if your head is blown off, I, I don't know. Right. And so, so Jay loves, yeah. I hope that woman that put that post on there with you. I hope sometimes she's listening and I hope it don't happen to her or her little son or daughter because I, and Lord knows I don't wish this on nobody. But it seems to me only when people experience it, when these when these white, uh, some black too, experience it themselves till it's their daughter or their son get their head blown off, it seems to me that's the only time they'll catch on. Mm -hmm. And see, we trying to be proactive. We come into this space because we're trying to be proactive. I don't want what happened to me to happen to you. Edward don't want what happened to him happen to you, to him, to you. And Sam, would you turn it back and tell you, you know, we're trying to open your eyes so you can see that this is real. And we have people who have real experiences right. bringing it to the table so we can educate because this is real. That's but right. if you don't take time if you like you said attorney mac if you're like hey this ain't happening to me one day someone you or somebody you love is gonna be in this position that's right and while you sitting back and you listening this on this day this case is happening these kids are you know and i and i tied this on to the kids because i tied it um uh, the case started talking about the case is because the corruption and the thing, the police and the, ju the judicial system, it's just, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. Right. And so you have to get some knowledge. You cannot go into these spaces without any knowledge. I'm telling you, you don't want to go into these, to these spaces 
with, without any knowledge. Those That's parents true. suffer because those people didn't react. Wrongful convict people who are in prison, this one man that this whole case is based on, off of, and we talked about it here, junk science, junk science, that case is going to set some precedents. And you might need that. And you, you know, we got, I've been getting, you know, stuff now from different people who are being their wrongful conviction um, cases is not being accepted by the CIU because the things are changing. And so, and then look, you see this today, you know what I'm saying? So we have to pay attention. We need to, like you say, stick together, educate ourselves stick together, understand what's going on. It's not us against each other. It's us working together to make the difference. That's okay. what we're trying to get us to. Like our mindset, we got to work together because you right. got a whole entity that don't care about you. That's right. At all. So, and then I also, you know, while we're just, you know, changing it a little bit, um, biting on um, George Floyd's um, death anniversary, signed that BS executive, I'm trying to be nice, executive order, <laughs> Joe Biden, Joe Biden. Uh, <laughs> it didn't give us nothing. It was just, he just, you know, put an emotion. But it was nothing that would help us on the state or local level. And, and, and Jay Love, and see, part of the problem is, is that you all know executive orders are only as long and enforceable as that person is a president. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so the thing of it is, is that you've got Democrats, you know, who are derailing the entire system, you know. We could have had that George Floyd bill with something working on, but 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 you know you got Mansion, you got uh, Kristen Cinema, you know what I'm saying? Th mm -hmm. Those people there that in all these pieces of legislation, even legislation that could have even tried to help a woman maintain her right to her body integrity. Okay, you know, um, as a person, I may have a personal feeling about you know abortion, what have you, but as a man. I would never think to put myself in a position to tell a woman that I know better about her body than she does. Okay. So, so what I'm saying is, is that it's not only Republicans, you've got Democrats that are going along with the Republican agenda as well. Okay. And, and so this is, this is the, the dilemma that we have our inability due to some Democrats in the Senate to do away with the filibuster. It needs to be done away with, period, okay, yeah. period. And this thing about, well, no, nah, we want to keep it, you know, for when Republicans are in charge. You know, I get so tired of trying to fight a war based on what we're thinking about tomorrow. I need to survive today, okay? I need to survive today. And I cannot survive today with people on my team that don't want to fight to win today and just praying for a better day tomorrow. You know, right. that's not a soldier, that's a martyr. Okay. And there's right. a difference. Right. So, you know, 
So we, we want to play. We want to yeah. play both edges. We want to be the nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. can't do it. No, right. We let's let's keep one hundred. We sold our souls with Joe Biden for that for that lady VP. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we did. And what did what did we got for? We got Juneteenth. We weren't even asking for Juneteenth. And then here come Walmart gonna make a whole, you know, try to trademark it and make a whole ice cream out of it, everything. And this is not what, and this is because we tiptoe, we 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 get, uh, you know, and we we're still talking about Trump, but we got Joe Biden, we got these Democrats. That's not, you know, they Democrats, Republicans, and <laughs> you got the Supreme Court. And then, you know, that's doing all this stuff, just spreading everything apart. And, you know, and then we got us acting like, you know, yeah, nothing's important. Nothing like important. Sam said, we challenge serve to the next big thing. You know, you, you know, know. We, we're looking for the, okay, what's going on with the monkey pots and, right. you know, and everything else. And it, it is uh, going to affect you. One way or the other. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and you know what? Because we're here, we can talk about the effects and the fears that go along with it. And so they market off of the division. United States and the and, and just believe you me that the corporations that actually run the government, run this country, are marketing, they make money off of our communities. And so whatever it is, whether it's going to be Juneteenth or the gym shoes or the purses or whatever or the hair or the eyelashes don't get mad whatever <laughs> that's right that's right we are marketed oh, yeah, oh, we yeah, have yeah. a history oh, of yeah. being marketed absolutely we are wall street absolutely. we started off as wall street we right. were the stock right we were the stock and so that stock idea has permeated our communities and we continue to act as stock until we make a decision on what do we really want, right. until we redefine what is success, until right. we redefine what is a model uh, a citizen, who should we be modeling after for real? That's right. Law abiding. Oh, we got to redefine that. We got to, we got, we have so many language uh we got and what do we say jay we got to get rid of the word victim right we are not a victim and and if i could say this in terms of the government nobody's talking about those white supremacists that was talking about kidnapping the governor now remember remember <laughs> You had a whole bunch of not guilties come down in that case, okay? All of them. You know, yeah, except that, that, for one. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except, was and, one. That's because the feds, they was all enticed by the feds. You know, and so and <laughs> so 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 what what that shows every white supremacist in the state of Michigan, all right, is that you can be notorious, 
mm-hmm. you can have your automatic semi-automatic mm-hmm. weapons. Mm-hmm. You can go to Lansing, the state capitol, parade yeah. around the capitol with your guns, take pictures with the state police, supposedly the supreme premier law enforcement agency in the entire state, <laughs> entire state. You can back down the state police themselves. They ain't going to do a damn thing to you except have a good day, okay? You can make it be known what you intend to do to this woman, okay? What you intend to do, you know, sample her, abuse her, and then kill her. You can let all that stuff be known, and everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. And you, and I'm saying it right now, because of the color of your skin and this climate, you are going to walk away free. Now, had those been African-American or people of color, they would not have made it. First of all, you in the state capitol with your gun, and you are not going to be taking no selfies with the state police. (laughs) Right. Okay? It's the first thing. That's the first thing. That is not happening. That's right. That's right. If we ain't here like we are cool, (laughs) it's going to be a blush. Ladder. Right. 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 But you know, something is normal. That's mm-hmm. why that's why, you know, we have the posts. We have because we normalize stuff. Mm-hmm. We have the hate. We can make a whole video of ourselves going and massacring people inside a grocery store. Yeah. Because, you know, right. in your mind, hey, I'm mm-hmm. gonna let I see how mm-hmm. much I hate mm-hmm. these people. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and you right. and you do that and we normalize it. People mm-hmm. want to know where the video at. Use the video. You know, instead of you know, we need to be pouring in the streets. That mm-hmm. some of the kids poured in the streets the other day because they don't mm-hmm. feel safe. That's true. We parents should have been pouring in the streets. We should have been walking off our jobs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's who is going to have to respond. Yeah. The children cannot depend on the adults to take and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. They haven't did the right thing in the last 20 years or more in regards to children's safety in public schools and other places. The children is going to have to take the situation in their own hands. They're going to have to continuously walk out to schools. They're going to have to continuously walk in the streets. You know, I have to continuously take and demand that they be protected, that they be protected, that they be properly nourished. They're going to have mm-hmm. to do just like any other entity in this society. We live in a society. Our society, as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, um, J-Love, we live in an experimental society. Okay? Our democracy is experimental democracy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and sometimes our experiments are experimental. Sometimes the experiments that we experiment with in our democracy are extreme. Mm-hmm. We don't have a minister of culture that will come and tell you that you inappropriately dressed in the public. Mm-hmm. We don't have uh, uh, um, someone to take a religious authority to take and set a moral or spiritual uh, 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 um, level of decency. And, 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 and understanding. We say we're free of that. We give ourselves autonomy 
to take and do these things. This is an experiment mm -hmm. to see how far we go with it, okay? To see how far we go with it. Mm -hmm. We even have the nerve to take it on one hand. We live in a society, every introduction to any subject, every theology, every ology begins in their history. But when <clears throat> we want to correct the facts of those histories, they now say they don't want to do that no more. They don't want to do that no more. Who doesn't care to know their own history, to teach their own history? We live in a society, we even teach the history of villains. We teach every minute about their lives. But we saying that, okay, but I'm okay, but I don't want you to tell my story. We can tell... Dylan's story, mm -hmm. we can tell a Mason's story, a Madison, or whoever. We can tell all of their stories, but we can't tell our stories. Right. We can't tell our story. That's something sick. That's something sick. We take and say that slavery was a long time ago, but unlike Germany, that no longer have a gas chamber, or 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 or, or 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 some type of firing squad. We done trans we done transformed the plantations to prisons. We were just talking about ourselves as being marketed. Michigan, Michigan, the largest relationship that whites have with blacks in this state is the interaction with them law enforcement through mm -hmm. the police station through the county jails and the state prisons the mdoc the michigan department of correction is the single largest employer in the up yes and the vast majority of the prisoners that's in the up are black and mm -hmm. the vast majority of the guards and yes. the people that live in the up is white yes and then there are other places in the state, in the, not just in the northern part of the state, but even in the southern part of the state. They are prison industry state, uh, uh, um, cities or, or towns or, or, or places. Jackson is a, is, is, is a, 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 a prison industry. Yes. It thrives and live on the prison industry. Yes. They one time took and called them uh, uh, the, they, the governor or whoever, um, that was making a decision that they can close down one of the prisons in Jackson called, they called the prison before they called the mayor. And in fact, the mayor of Jackson was actually at work in the prison when they called to, to give notice that they was going to close down one of the, because he was working as, as, a, as a kitchen stewardess. He was working in the food, in the, in the child hall, serving food when he got the message that that the largest industry in his he couldn't he couldn't help keep his hands out of it okay the money is so good there that you can't keep michigan farmers farming because they give up their farm to go work at the prison because the damn money is so good when we quit produce cars in detroit and pontiac and flint they start putting us in prison mm -hmm. this is the relationship that black and whites have in michigan Quit yeah. yourself. The fact that you black and you running for office 
isn't anything new. Right. You're not talking about deconstructing, reconstructing, and constructing something in your own interest. Yeah. What does it matter to me that you are a lieutenant governor? What does it matter to me that you are uh, the attorney general or that you are the chief judge if you still just upholding his status quota? Yes. It's nothing new that we run for office. Anything can run for office. That's not anything big. It's nothing new that you can get elected to office. Nothing new that you can get elected to office. I sit and listen to several prosecutors here in Michigan taking disgust after the killing of George Floyd, how they was going to insist to police departments to quit with this um, stopping cars, quit identifying drivers and stopping them <clears throat> because we won't prosecute whatever you find. Whatever evidence you find under the pretext that you were, you had probable cause, we're not going to prosecute. So quit doing it because these stops normally lead to injury or death of black motorists. So right. they said, we're going to stop. One person stood up and said, no, 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 I can't do that. It was a black woman. Yeah, can't worry. A black woman. I'm sorry. She yeah. said, because sometimes we find dead bodies in the cars. Well, I served over 43 years in Michigan prison. Honestly, I did meet one guy that did have a body or two in the car. But guess where he got them from? The dope house. OD. He was simply taking and getting rid of bodies that had OD. So is that a basis to take and stop hundreds or thousands of voters based upon a few cases? You harass men and women. I can remember my grandmother telling me one day, she come home from work and she said a young white kid, a state trooper stopped at her and he wanted to know where did you get this big new car from? My grandmother, like me and my husband, work. She was driving a Marquis Broham. My grandfather worked it out at Ford for more than 47 years. But he want to know where did you get this new car? You in Detroit, damn it. Black people's worked it at Ford, Chrysler, and General Motors. So why in the hell would they not be driving those cars? Right. Why would that look abnormal? You, It only looks strange to you. It only looks different to you because you only you don't see them as human beings. You don't see them as a productive member of society. They live in Detroit. Ford Motor Company was there. <coughs> Chrysler was there. General Motors was there. You asked my damn grandmother. This is this was like 1974. You asking my grandmother in 1974, why in the hell was she driving a big car? And you still had all three of the major uh, auto industries, and that's what black people's worked at. So you don't buy cars that you make. Well, my right. grandfather that worked it out at Cadillacs, he drove a Cadillac, and my grandfather that worked it out at Ford drove a Ford. What the hell was wrong with that? That was only natural. Right. Even today, my family tell me, and I drive, I drive, I drive a, 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 a Camry, and family members tell me, we are Ford, so we are General Motors, you know, because that's all they have ever drove, because that was what brought the money into the house. Okay. 
because that's what brought the money into the house. But they don't see that. They don't see that. Right. And so, I mean, like you were saying, Edward, you reminded me of, uh, I think this was a couple of years ago when one of the prisons up north were closing. And it was a basically that whole town depended on that prison. And those people were so upset. They was trying to fight it. It was just, <laughs> they was going crazy about it. And, and they dehumanize us to justify and to maintain that status. Right. They would dehumanize us. And, but they're like, hey, the numbers are dropping. But they still was trying, you know, the numbers of people going to prison are dropping, but those people was fighting tooth and nail. They didn't care that people was, you know, they all they wanted was that job, that prison, because that's how they were eating. And that's how a lot of people eat. And that's how you get all these issues, you know, because people, you know, over ticketing people and all that stuff, because you make money. You eat off of that. Right. That's right. <laughs> you get all the time when you go to right and so, yes so it's so much we unraveled today i put some links in the comments um for um you guys to check out some of the things that we were talking about uh, amithia has said something that really was key in the comments she said we have to we got to learn to vote local elections and not just national that is so important amithia that's true. That's true. Um, those local elections is so important because that governs where you live. <laughs> These are the people you have to deal with every day. Their their way of governing you, and so we have to press upon our loved ones and community people that these local elections are important, and you have to show up for them because if you don't. You're going to get, you get crap. You get crap. And uh, she also said prisons are essential to keep the present economic system. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to thank you guys, everyone who's on here with us today for joining us. This was a very insightful. Sometimes we just have to come and have a community conversation just as reminders, you know, of what we need to be looking at and what we need to be, you know, find your place in the movement and get the moving. You know, everybody has a place, you know, and a space. There's some space for you. And find out where it is and just, you know, take, get involved. And, you know, um, because the more of us that's involved, um, the better, uh, the more attention we can get, the more change that can happen. So, uh, Reverend Kia, since you pop back in. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know what happened. I think, I don't know if it's because it's about to storm out here or what. <laughs> Probably, but we get ready to leave before that storm. I know, but I wanted to, this was so good. It was so rich. Um, I, I think my, my last words would be that we got to look inward. We got to really begin to look at what are we doing individually what are we doing collectively? And then how can how can we how can we not be a part of the problem? How can we be a part of the solution? 
how can we be involved? Right. And so uh, there's enough of us here on this platform and we have had many guests. You can get in touch with anyone here to become involved in movement. Make sure you sign petitions that need to be signed. Um, and, and let's take our lives back. Like our, my, my pastor always says, it's time for you to take your life back. Take back what seems to have been stolen. Because really we do, there's more power with us. That's right. And I don't know about you, but after I went and paid so much money in my gas tank this week, I decided. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's time for us to come together on so many issues. But when we say humanitarian, for human evolving and development, and for our children, there should be no negation to that idea. Yeah. Thank you, Reverend Tia. Edward, Edward, you got some last things you want to say? Yeah, I mentioned to you that I have recently been in Detroit. I was there on um, on Living Noise um, at um, the area that they consider to be um, Avenue of Fashion. <clears throat> the unity and everything there was so great and so beautiful. Um, the, the interaction with people there in the city. And I, I only regret that I didn't put it in a bottle and hold on to it. You know, uh, as I mentioned to you, it was like being able to hear Marvin's voice in this old neighborhood. And, uh, <clears throat> and, 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 and I just regret I didn't take it and put it in a bottle. You know, I just uh, wish we would all, you know, do the right thing and that we would, we would love each other and show each other <clears throat> real concern. We, we value each other's uh, humanity. I found that recently in Detroit, you know, that wasn't on the news. That wasn't on the news. Black folks was taking and um, supporting each other. Um, they were there taking and um, shopping each other's stores. Um, nobody, no police was running behind and pulling nobody over. Um, in fact, I didn't see a police car anywhere, and it was difficult, and the place was crowded. You remember how um, Belle Isle used to look in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the 60s and the 70s when cars were all over the place and people were like ants? Well, that's what the avenue of fashion looked like for living noise. There were beautiful black women with, with, with dresses and um, suits on, and there were men that were all lined up with their suits and competing with each other and everything. It was just beautiful. It was beautiful. I went with one gentleman that was the formal champion, the best dresser of last year. He had to show up and give up the crown to the brother that became the best dresser this year. And uh, so I watched, you know, two individuals, one that came in second place and the other one in first place. And I turned around and began to snap pictures at black women around there, reminding them, that there's no Detroit without beautiful black women, you know. And the smile that I got from them was so, I mean, it was so, you know, nourishing. I just, I just regret I didn't put that in the file. Yes, thank you, Edward. Attorney Hugo Matt. Say, how do you put comments in the comment section, J Love? Uh, you have to on your on your device. Yeah. You have on your personal device, you have to do it. Um, 
Okay, I'm I'm not I'm not sure what that means. I mean, so if I'm, you have your phone going on, then on your on your phone you have to put it on there. You can't do it on on this platform. Oh, you, well, you know, Jayla, I knew that. I was just checking to see if you knew that. That's all. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Every now and again, I'm gonna do a spot check on all y'all, you know, to see well, if y'all see. Is, 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 is up on it, you know. And, and Jay Love and Jay Love and Edward, you know, speaking of Edward, a future colleague, Edward, I would not lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Edward, the the profession you fit to enter, we would never lie to you, Edward. <laughs> but look here, I just want you to know. Thank you so much. And I just want to encourage you like I encourage myself. You know, my scripture teaches me that David had to encourage himself in the Lord, you know, you know. And so y'all be encouraged because, you know, I love you and y'all are people of integrity, you know, and I could not have a greater group of colleagues to to band with, you know, you know, you know, you know, to fight. You know, all of us only have a certain amount of days here. I'm, I'm going to close out with something that. I heard uh, Reverend Al Sharpton say about 10 years ago, he said, you know what? What's really going to matter is what did you do in your time when you were here? What did you do? You know, he talked about Harriet Tubman and, and Medgar Evers and Dr. King, you know. And so, you know, I'm proud to say, you know, uh, heaven is recording it in our time. You know, we down here fighting a good fight. You know, we fighting a hell of a fight, you know, and, and, and drawing strength, you know, from 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 the Maker of all life, you know, you know, uh, from God, you know, in, in here. So, hey, we we in this thing together, y'all. So I'm I'm counting on you, and uh, you know, you know, I love you, and uh, J Love. Next week, I'm gonna try to have another theme song for you, but we we gonna see. <laughs> yes, thank you, Tony. You come back. Okay, you know. Now, uh, no. I love you guys too. I want to say, you know, have a great holiday weekend. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I sprained or did something to my ankle, so I'm going to be uh, um, just somewhere sitting down. Okay. But uh, <laughs> also tomorrow, um, um, uh, Reverend Ed Pinkney, they're having um, they're having some kind of um, 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 protest tomorrow in Benton Harbor. So if you guys are near Benton Harbor or out there, stand with them. They're fighting for clean water. It's been by Harbor today, but it could be you tomorrow. So we have to support each other, stand up for each other. Um, uh, Trisha is, she, she wasn't here today, but I know she has a Juneteenth event coming up for Juneteenth. So, you know, um, check that out. You guys, I'll probably have something flyer or something getting closer to that event. But, yeah, we need to support each other, uh, love on each other. You know, take this weekend to love on your people. You know, 19 children, those parents, want, you know, are going to have a, a higher holiday. Love on your babies. Love on your family members. You know, life is short. Um I appreciate you all. I appreciate all of you guys in the chat, all you guys that's watching on YouTube and Twitter and Spotify. I appreciate you guys. All you guys who are going to watch or listen later, you know, take what we say, um, 
the conversations that we're having. We're just having conversations. We're not trying to force anything or anybody. We're just trying to get you guys to think, you know, and and then once you start thinking, you can start acting on that. So that's why we're here. Oh, and this week, uh, yesterday was Gerard's birthday, his second birthday um, home. So, yes, thank you, uh, everyone who posted. Um, happy birthday greetings to him and those who sent love to him yesterday or a gift to him. He really appreciated. I mean, you know, Gerard is still, he's growing through um, his own self. Uh, there's still, you know, things that he really can't talk about right now himself and he only had two years in there so i understand so we're still you know it's a a process but you know he really appreciated one day he might sit on here with us but until he's ready we're not going to push him but yes thank you and uh, also if you want to learn more about um jabrar and his story Go to, please go to www.change.org slash justice for Gerard. Please sign and share the petition. We're still working on, you know, Gerard. Um, and um, and we're, that's it, you guys. That's it. Have a good holiday. We'll see you next Friday. Thanks, God.